Hello and welcome to the South Coast Footballholic Podcast. Joined again by Jordan again this week. And we've got two special guests. We've got Brad Watts from Balambi and Josh Barlett from the Mercury. Thanks for coming on, boys. We'll start with Brad first, though. He's our special player guest for this week. You've had a, fair to say, a decent start to life in the Premier League, both you and Balambi. Uh, were you guys expecting to go as well as what you have been after being promoted from the district league last year? Um, mate, we were prepared for a relegation dogfight, to be honest. Um, <laughs> prepared to just scrap and claw our way to keep ourselves in the Premier League. Yeah, and, and you guys, you in particular with uh, Cody Cuthbertson and Liam Unicum, you guys have uh, been the key to uh, what exactly has been your exciting brand of football so far this year. Have you enjoyed the partnership with uh, those two blokes in particular up top? Um, yeah, it's good. Like I've played with Cody for a while, um, for like a younger years and that, and then we travel down to the games and um, to training with Liam. So it's, yeah, we're gelling pretty well. Um, a lot of credit has to go to Vaughan behind us though. He's a, uh, he was once the player of the year in the Premier League and mm. um, yeah, look, he's on track to win it again this year. Season professional, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. Uh, obviously uh, this season, uh, Brad, you've got yourself and Cody, uh, both Helensburg products and you've got, of course, Luke Van Zool playing at Bulleye that's played at Helensburg for a number of seasons. What, what is it about the Helensburg boys this season? Uh, I don't know. I think it was one of those years where we just thought it was time to kind of step it up a bit, you know, test ourselves a little bit. But, yeah, Luke's killing it in the um, – killing it at Bulleye. A few chats around the dinner table. Um, <laughs> he's doing all right. And obviously uh, you and Cody, of course, have played a number of years in the in the district league and this is your sort of your first season in the Premier League. Was there any adjustment that you had to make to, to your game or is it just sort of a, a case of just going out there and, and doing what you do? Yeah, I think just going out there, like, um, you know, I've got to give full credit to the boys um, behind us. You know, they're solid there and it kind of gives us a lot of freedom to just run around there up top and just do our thing. It's I was pretty, waiting, um, I was waiting pretty for relaxed. full credit of the boys' comment. <laughs> you got one. <laughs> More to come. <laughs> oh, beautiful. So, you, obviously, you've got uh, Andrew Guardiola Payne at the helm and the Rosellas <laughs> this year. He's uh, he's obviously got a playing style that's working for you guys. What exactly has Payne been doing that's uh, been the key to your uh, wins so far? Um, he's trying to get me to defend a lot more. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not... Um, so I'm still trying to adapt to that because I can't stand it. So, but it's um no, he's got a good system there, and like everyone gets along. Like we spend half a training basically deciding whether or not to go to the pub after the training. So, um, it's good fun though. The boys are good, and um, he's just got a good culture there. He's built a good culture. So it's fair to say a lot of you, a lot of you boys are like tight knit. You guys are good mates around there. Well, yeah, like a lot of them have played together before, and like there's a few new boys that have come in this year and um, yeah, they've just all really gelled, gelled nicely. Like got a couple of class clowns like Todd Simpson. And then of course, just if you have a player of the year, like Vaughn in the team, things just start to happen for you. So we've, we've been pretty lucky. Yeah. I've got to ask you uh, touched on uh, some of the class clowns. Who's the biggest character in the squad? Um, I'd say Toddy. He's quite witty, but I guess he's got a big head. So there's lots of brains in there. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got to ask as well, how's it like having Bryce Darnell? How's it like having Bryce Darnell between the sticks? Obviously, grand final winner with Harry Park. 
How has he been? Uh, he's good. He's um, he's loud. He's very loud. Um, <laughs> and I guess you need that though back there. He's um, he's been doing really well for us, so we're quite lucky to have him. And finally, I've got to ask, and I asked you before we came on. So your nickname is Slushy. Tell us the uh, <laughs> the story behind the Slushy nickname. Um, yeah. So when we were, um, we were 17, me and my mates were at, um, at, at a house and um, his brother was prepping for his birthday the next day and we were tasked with testing out the uh, slushy machine, the vodka slushy. So, um, a few Did of you say 18? And, yeah, 18, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we were tasked with testing it out, so a few of them and we'll, um, yeah, bouncing off the walls and um, just have, ever since it's just kind of stuck. <laughs> yeah, that's all she wrote. Well, touch yeah. on your uh, your game on the weekend. It was probably one of the matches of the round. You guys got up four three in the last minute over over Coniston. What was going through your minds when you were down three <laughs> nil? Um, yeah, I'll be. I was um, thinking of where to go next year. Nah, <laughs> um, nah. There was we were pretty, we were playing pretty bad, so we were kind of just. At the time, like, we kind of deserved this at the moment. Um, and then, I don't know, something just kind of clicked and we just started to play again. But we didn't really deserve to win. I'm glad we did, but it just kind of fell into place at the end there. Yeah, you got the second goal as well to make it 3-2. Was it at that point in time that you guys thought, like, yeah, we're on here for three points or was think, there any uh, time before that? I think in the first half, like, we could have been up probably – the game could have been about four all at half time. Like there was chances, there was lots of chances in the first half. And I think if we got one, we just kind of knew that a few more would come. And obviously they did, but it came a bit too late. Like I think after the second, we we're confident, I think that we can get back into it. I didn't know if we'd get four, but it was yeah, happy days in the end. From the, the Coniston viewpoint, I just wanted to ask you, Josh, you spoke to Jeff Allport after the, the match, did he have any, uh, uh, I guess, explanation for the uh, capitulation in the last half an hour from, from his side? No, I asked him about it and he, he literally said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's uh, He was glad to have the quick turnaround. They uh, play Wednesday night, as we know, um, which he says is a good thing to turn around quickly and, and learn from it and move on, hopefully. So, But, I mean, from my point of view, I was just shocked. I was following the games that kind of happened and, what a result, mate. That's that's huge, bro. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was crazy. <laughs> and Slash, you guys had a one-all draw with uh, Cringella Lions last night. Talk us through that game. Was that um, se- Is that seen as two points lost for you guys after the top start you had to the year? I think so. Like, we, again, it was one of those ones where we just had a lot of chances last night and we couldn't put the game to bed. And we just, in the back of our mind, we just knew, like, they've got a great player up front, Simonoski and... He had one shot and one goal, so <laughs> we we can't give him that. But yeah, I think so. Like they're not a bad side either. So I guess we'll take a draw though in the end. But I think we should have we should have put the game to bed earlier. Was it a little disappointing after the uh, the big win over the weekend against Connor? Yeah, well, we conceded one in the ninetieth ourselves this week, <laughs> so evens it up. I guess got a bit lucky on the weekend and a bit unlucky last night. So we'll call it even. How effective did you think that the Cringilla setup was? Obviously, there's a lot of talk about their defensive structure and getting the ball up to the likes of Norval, Simonoski, Perez. Do you think that's yeah. uh, an accurate description of their game plan? Um, yeah, yeah. Like, to- Toby played really well last night. Um, like, a lot of their attack was kind of 
you know, going through him. And, um, yeah, look, like I said, they're not a bad team up front at all. They're, um, they're going to create chances and we nullified it for most of the game. But again, one chance and one big chance and they can um, punish her. And that's what happened. So, And you guys are obviously taking on South Coast United this weekend who have been hit by injuries and they're also missing this. <laughs> They're also missing their centre back Bjorn Cook Cho this week, who got his third yellow against Wollongong United last week. <laughs> yeah. What do you re- What do you reckon is the key to being South Coast United? Um, I think we need to just go out. We need to go out there and um, and just play back. Go back to playing our game. Like a bit in the last couple of weeks, we've um, sl- you know, drifted a bit from how we like to play and want to play. So I think getting back to basics and basically going back to what we know and what's working. Um, because we need to bounce back after that draw for sure. Obviously, South Coast United this season have shown that they've got uh, they've got an ability to, to sort of suck up a lot of pressure and hit teams quickly on, on the counter attack. Is that something yeah. that uh, that you guys have got to be wary of? I suppose in, in overcommitting in attack. I suppose. Um, yeah, definitely. We um, well, the sounds of it, we both kind of play similar. Like we both, I guess, like to um, soak up a bit of pressure and then break quickly. And um, it's worked for us this year, and it's um, they've had some success as well against the big teams as well. So. Um, It'll be an interesting game for sure. Similar attacks. Well, mate, you have to be the biggest character we've, that we've had on this podcast yet. So <laughs> thanks so much for coming on. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll probably see you on the field on the weekend. Yeah, all right. All good. Thanks, thanks for having me. Welcome back and welcome to Illawarra 360. We had a big round five of the Illawarra Premier League over the weekend. 25 goals throughout the whole round, the whole six games. But we'll start off with the game who ha- which had the least amount of goals scored, equal least amount of goals scored. Wollongong United getting up 2-0 over South Coast United. Jordan, Wollongong United did ha- look in control this one, but South Coast would have been frustrated to concede just before halftime. They were looking defensively fairly stable at the time before the goal. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting game. It was, it was one that I thought Wollongong United did thoroughly deserve to win. But I thought if, you know, if South Coast United uh, get into the break, nil all, it might have been a different story. Obviously, uh, Wollongong United scoring just before the uh, the break, which is, gives them a massive confidence boost. Uh, a couple of their players did stand out. I thought Hikaru Kawasika had a, a brilliant game. Um, and I also noticed that the Wollongong United played with a, with a back four that was, that was pretty effective and, um, seemed to break down any any potential South Coast United attack. Um, in terms of South Coast United, I, I, I thought that they were, you know, they the backs against the wall sort of thing. They had a lot of injuries, notably, uh, obviously, Greg Valich, player coach, has missed for for a couple of weeks now, and uh, a couple of late injury uh, layoffs in in Peter Yusuf, the young fullback that's been that's been playing very well. Of course, uh, Petters as well. Petervelli uh, has been has been uh, lightning on the on the wing without without uh, too much to show for it, but he's but he's looking very very promising. And and of course, uh, veteran uh, Ricky Patakis is is coming back from injury layoffs. So I thought all all things considered, South Coast did quite well. But in saying that, uh, Wollongong United did uh, did deserve this victory. But uh, I just wanted to to ask Josh. Obviously, um, Wollongong United as of last night. Uh, with their their rescheduled fixture that we'll, we'll we'll touch on a little bit later, they 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 got the victory and they're uh, now first on the ladder. Do you think that they're slightly? I don't want to say they're they're flying under the radar because they never do, but they seem to be out of the out of the favourites tag. They seem to be the ones that are doing the best and and are sort of uh, going about their business uh, in the in the quietest manner, I suppose. 
Yeah, I'd agree with that, mate. Um, I think everyone's been impressed by Balambi's start to the year. Um, I've spoken to Andrew Payne, and even he admits they've uh, exceeded expectations so far this year, the Rosellas. So, and I think, you know, you've got Bullard, who've been playing great for the ball pretty much all year. So, but I mean, Wollongong United, they won the Frag Cup. They're into the Bampton final. Um, yeah, they're definitely one to watch. I think they've been the benchmark alongside uh, probably Bullard so far this year. We'll move on to the next fixture now. Wollongong will be getting up 4 1 over Cringilla Lions. Olympic needed a convincing result like this, Jordan, but uh, it came from them at just the right time, just in time for a little push to the final series. Yeah, it's funny you say that, isn't it? I feel like the, the season's just started and we're only like five games <laughs> in, so that's and that's the push to the finals. But um, no, I think Olympic, uh, it's a win they needed. Obviously, uh, they are one of the favourites and probably have the best the best team on paper this season. Uh, look, uh, obviously dropped a few points in, in previous games, so that, uh, they'll be very happy to get the result in this one. Uh, see that they're scoring goals on their point of view, but I think it... it, it Probably is a case of Olympic. They they've, they've had a couple of weeks where they've had I'd say disappointing results, but they did have a, a draw against Bulleye where they were where they were two 0 up and probably should have run away with the victory, but they didn't. But the the team lineups that they've picked have, have been um, a little like inconsistent in terms of the sense they're not not everyone's playing the same position. I was thinking um, as James Bordacino as an example. He's of course played centre midfield. He's played left back this season. So if they just got a consistent uh, position. If they got consistent positionally, I, I think that they would be a very, very difficult side that would that would win the majority of the games that they play. In terms of uh, of Crini, I, I think that um, they're they've got the all the pedigree up front, obviously, but just very, very um, tame in the in the results they've gotten, I suppose. But um, look, I, I think I, I don't know if you boys agree with me, but I think. And I've said this before that Olympic are the best side on paper. Uh, what, what do you think about that, Jared? I, I honestly think that um, if Olympic on their day uh, were were full strength and playing their best football, I think they beat any time on any team in this uh, in this league. On paper, definitely the best team. It's just whether they can put it out on the park. But with a result like that, do you reckon it's going to? I'll ask you, Josh. Do you reckon a result like this can give them a bit of momentum to maybe push on and challenge for the league title? Yeah, it's a fair, it's a fair point. Uh, I just want to note, I didn't actually see this game, but from all reports, Brini had a lot of opportunities, so the scoreboard probably wasn't a fair reflection of the game. But I mean, yeah, Olympic, they impressed me with that first up win. They beat United, who we've talked about this before, and Wollongong United, that is. Um, so yeah, look, Olympic's going to be right up there. They've got the incentive of a grand final loss, which I you can't downplay, in my opinion. So they're definitely going to be a team to watch uh, towards the end of the season. And we'll go to uh, the next fixture now, which was over at Balls Paddock. Bulleye won Tarawana 1. It was almost the shock of the round considering how well Bulleye have been going at the moment, but credit Tarawana for snatching a point from Bulleye on their own turf. I believe they're the first team to do that this year. Lukey Van Zyl once again on the score sheet. An interesting stat, though. He has scored in every single league game he has played this season. And he scored in every single game he has played in since the restart, except for one, which was the cup game against Cringilla Lions a few weeks ago. He got one against South Coast United in the trial, scored a double against Hurlsberg, scored in round one against Renuna, round two against Kono, round three playing tonight, round four he scored against Olympic, and round five he scored on the weekend against Tarawana. 
So, yeah, they do have a game against Paul Campbell tonight, which could change that. It might not either. But that's seven goals in the seven games he has played since the restart, including cup and trial games, which, Jordan, it's an extraordinary return. It's it's brilliant, and it's a it's a feel good story in terms of the set, in the sense that he's come from from the district league, playing at Helensburg for a number of seasons, and, and doing his thing in the Premier League. So it's 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 uh, quality for himself, and and I've seen Luke play a couple of times this season, and he's uh, he's fully deserving of the goals he scored. He's been probably the the outlet for Bulleye in many senses of the word. Obviously, that's. Uh, difficult to say when they've got such talents, uh, i.e. Ben, ben McDonald and Sam Davies, of course, is just a couple. But he's the he's the quick uh, outlet that they look for to to break down resolute defences and and all credit to him. But uh, obviously, more specifically in this game, I thought uh, a one-all draw for Bulldogs is, is, is disappointing for them. I know Tarawana plays some good football. Um, they've got a young side, but I don't know about you, Josh, but I, I'd consider this two points uh, dropped for Bulldogs in this in this fixture. Yeah, look, full credit to the Blues. Like, no disrespect to them. Uh, they're a good side, good young side, but that's that's huge. Um, one to hold, Bullhead have one goal this year, <laughs> let alone score one yeah. yourself. So, yeah, look, I'll, I'll try to take the other tack and, and give credits to the Blues for their performance rather than, you know, um, downplay Bullhead's effort. But, yeah, look, everyone expected Bullhead to win this and probably win it quite comfortably, to be honest. Now we'll go to a game that you were at, Josh, over the weekend. Coromel 3, Albion Park, White Eagles 3. One of the matches of the round with Cameron Morgan. Seemed to his goal-scoring touch again. Not one, not two, but three goals to run out of Super Patrick. Get this, there wasn't one, but two front flutes from the Albion Park strike on the weekend. So, Josh, you were at this game. You spoke to the hat-trick hero. How was Morgo after the game? Oh, he had a laugh. Um, he just he just says he likes scoring goals. But, you know, uh, it was an entertaining affair, that's for sure. It felt like defence went out the window a bit at times. And, and Rick Goodchild also scored a double for, for Coromel, so no shortage of, of quality there. Uh, I think Cameron was just a bit disappointed they didn't get the win, to be honest. And to be honest, I, I kind of agree. They dominated more territory and ball for me for more patches. But it was a real to-and-fro kind of game, so it could have gone either way. And Probably a, a draw's a fair result. Jordan, do you reckon after this, do you reckon Morgan and Alley Park are ready to push on towards the end of the season for a hopeful, hopeful finals run? Yeah, I, of, of course they are. I think that uh, firing uh, Cameron Morgan is, is a frightening uh, proposition for for every IPL defender. Uh and I've said it before, uh, the Albion Park White Eagles team sheet that they have, they're one of the best squads in the league. And once things start clicking, we've said it for a few weeks now, uh, that they'll be dangerous for any side. And, and they'll be disappointed not to get the win in this one. But uh, it's a good a good sign that their uh, main uh, talismanic striker is, is getting, a, getting a hat-trick and back on the score sheet because he was having a he, – he, he would call it a lean run, but uh, he's – didn't score in a few games, so that's that's the end of the world for strikers. But uh, I think his record's proven that they need to that they had to put a bit of faith in him, and uh, and that, and he's uh, uh, repaid the faith, I suppose. Move on to the next one now. We've got Winuna three, Paul Kembler nil. Obviously, Paul Kembler suffered a bit of a setback when Luke Borsman was sent off before half time. When Paul Kembler was down one nil, seemed to deflate the team a bit, but. Uh, quick mention and shout out to Robbie Gordiosi, the youngster with a double for the winner of the Sharks. He's been a really bright spark for them so far. Jesse French has returned to the squad after a long period off since the end of last year following surgery. Not too many chances outside of the goals, Jordan. Yeah, I, I, it was an interesting uh, 
result this one. I think I was uh, you were sort of leading into the Port Kembla result last week against Albion Park White Eagles, where where that's a, a massive win for them. And and despite the fact that Wanuna are, are a quality side in my opinion, and they don't get the credit that they are that they are given most of the time. I think they play some good stuff. I feel like Port will feel very disappointed that the way the result turned out, and they thought they could have got a, got a victory out of this one. But uh, Wanuna are. are Seem to be, well, they don't seem to be. They are a quality side, and I think that's proven in the the game they played against Wollongong United last night, which we'll mention it mention a little later. Later, but they uh, have got have got youngsters in the team that they're energetic. Uh, Robbie, of course, uh, with a double last night, so and he's a he's a youngster coming through. Just an uh, an example, but uh, look, I, I think that the the Sharks are uh, a quality side, and I think in a few years, which is what they're trying to do. I've spoken to to players from the Sharks over the last number of weeks. Obviously, we had Jai Miller on the show and spoke to Jeremy Lopez, their right fullback, a couple of weeks ago. They're talking about uh, building for the next couple of seasons. So I think I think they are on track to do this, to be honest. And it was the Sharks' first clean sheet of the season as well, which was a positive sign. But question for Josh, obviously we'll get into it, but they went down 1-0 last night to Wollongong Kong and United, but they did push United all the way. Do you reckon the Sharks can fight for a mid-table finish this year? I've been impressed with Winona. And similar that the game of the weekend, similar to the Blamby kind of game, that was a couple of late, late goals that got the got the win. But, yeah, look, I've been really impressed with the Sharks under Dan McGoldrick. Uh, he, he seems to be doing good stuff down there at Shark Park. So, look, to push to push Wollongong United, even a 1-0 loss, that's, that's a fair effort, particularly backing up after the weekend. And we'll move on to that game now. Wollongong, you know, getting up 1-0 over Wununa and Masonia Park last night. George, the uh, Sharkies never make it easier for the opposition, don't they? <laughs> they always like to uh, to spoil the party, so to speak. But full credit to them. And, and uh, obviously after the game, uh, Wollongong United coach Oliver Toski was, was a little bit relieved by the result, uh, getting a 1-0 victory over Wununa. So that's, that's a massive... Uh, a compliment to the shark side and Dan McGoldrick's side. I, I think that uh, despite everyone, no, I said it before. No one gives the sharks credit for for spoiling the party, so to speak. But they do play some good football, and I think uh, bar Jordan Nikoloski save last night, from all accounts, or a couple of saves, it might have been a different result, which would have been one of the, the uh, bigger upsets in uh, this uh, short IPL season. The final catch-up fixture from Tuesday night was Kunjula 1, Balambi 1. We did touch on it with Watsi earlier, but we just thought we'd reiterate it a little bit more. Balambi, look, a draw from this game, a little bit of disappointing because in the form they're in, Kunjula is still yet to get a win as well, which is quite underwhelming for the Lions at the moment. But we'll stay on the Kunjula topic now. We'll move on to round six preview. Crinny up against Bulleye. Quinny are coming unstuck in some respects. They would have been disappointed with their loss. They did get a draw out of their midweek clash against Balimba, which is a positive sign, so they get pointed on the board. But by the sounds of it, the game plan was to make life difficult for Balimba's back four with balls in the air. And Kringilla can take great delight out of their second half performance against Balimba, where they scored, created a couple of chances. But Jordan, they are missing Peter Simonoski this weekend after three yellows. Well, it's probably an understatement. It is an understatement, but that is the probably the biggest loss uh, that they could have could have uh, uh, expected in, in this season. Obviously, with Simonowski missing through a suspension. But uh, look for this weekend. Uh, the end, the my main concern with, with Cringella is their uh, their lack of Plan B from the games I've seen them play. They've, they've, they're obviously they're very 
they are structured at the back. Stuart Beatty's got them set up quite well, but their their main game plan is to get it up to up to uh, Simonovsky, Norval, and Nuno Perez as as quickly as possible to uh, make life uncomfortable and difficult for, for opposition defenders. But uh, I uh, don't I don't think in this one I I, I see a bull victory in this one. I, I think that uh, both sides. Uh, playing differing sort of styles of football. I think Bulo will try and keep the ball on the deck. And obviously, as you mentioned, Jared, without Simonovsky, their, their main target, man, Cringilla, are missing. It will be uh, very difficult for them. But what do you think, Josh? What's uh, what's your tip in this one? Yeah, it's hard to kind of go against Bulo this year, isn't it? So uh, probably Cringilla's best bet, best bet is uh, that the Bulo boys are exhausted from tonight's game. So... <laughs> Uh, look, I think I think Bulleye will do this quite comfortably, um, particularly with Cringilla missing their man, main man. That just gets even harder, doesn't it? So uh, I can't see anything but a Bulleye win here. Jordan, do you reckon Luki Van Zol can keep up the form, keep up the goal-scoring form? Obviously, this is going to be the biggest concern for the Cringilla defence. Yeah, I can't see why not. I, I, I think the I watched I watched Luke play most recently in his game against uh, Wollongong Olympic, and. It, and he was sort of on the left-hand side. And, of course, he scored a, a, a wonder strike and assisted uh, Ben McDonald for, for another one. But uh, he is the outlet for them. He's, he's, they, they find the ball in the midfield and they're always looking for him for his darting runs in behind the defence. So, look, I, I expect Angela to set up quite uh, deep in this one. Uh, but I do think if Luke, gets the bo- if Luke gets the ball given to him in, uh, in, a, in a wide attacking area, I think it's, it's trouble for uh, Cringilla fullbacks. Next game is a very interesting one. We've got Coniston going up against Coromel. Coniston are having some defensive troubles so far this week. It's something that's got to be addressed if there's any hope of finals. Jeff Allport has said that, but their four line, very dangerous when it's firing. However, with Coromel's got Van Elliott currently out, I feel like the goals will have to come from good child with Coromel unless they can find another outlet very quickly. This is what happened with Coromel's match against Alley Park as well, obviously. Good child getting the double. Both sides have conceded goals. Do you see a high-scoring affair here, Jordan? Yeah, for an IPL uh, fans neutral, it's a neutral fan, I should say. It's it's a mouth-watering fixture. I I think in terms of Coniston, of course, they've had they've had players out and and of course a couple uh, not playing this season through uh, the COVID reg, uh, uh, the lockdown, I guess you'd call it. But um, since I've come back, it's it's been a leaky defence, and and Jeff Allport's the first to admit that uh, he's he's mentioned that there's there's things that need to be tweaked in his side's defence. It's probably only little things, but uh, once that's clicked, they'll they'll be a, a more formidable force, so to speak. But I think that uh, especially this weekend, that they need to be on their on their toes. Obviously, Rick Goodchild scored a double on the weekend, and despite the fact that uh, Van Elia is out for Coromel, I, I still think uh, Coromel will get up in this one. Uh, what's your take on that one, Josh? It feels like so. This is my first year covering the IPLs. Full disclosure, guys. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> after everything I heard about Coromel, um, I'm yet to see that the full Coromel show this year. I feel like they've been kind of a bit underwhelming, um, pretty much for the whole season, to be honest. So, but look, they, they had patches on the weekend where I thought they they they, they were going to go on a win quite convincingly against the White Eagles, and then pretty much on the back of Cameron Morgan, Alvin Albion Park would fight back. So. Coniston, I think Coniston will be fired up probably more for tonight's game against Parawana after their loss on the weekend. But, I mean, Coromel got Olympic tonight as well, so not an easy game for them, uh, midweek game. So 
I'm going to go with a draw here because it's hard to pick, mate. I'll go a high-scoring draw. I think every game Coniston's been in this year has been high-scoring in one way or another as well. So when Coniston's coming to town, you know there's going to be plenty of goals. Next one now, we've got Wollongong Olympic up against Winuna Sharks. Both sides have dropped points. Olympic should be the favourites for this one, you would think, considering the running league champions. However, Winuna did put on good performance against the league leaders, Wollongong United, last night. They need to turn chances in the goals, though, which is going to be super important. Yuha Segal will have to fire against one team, but he, he does do a good job in holding up the ball as well. So it'd be good to see the ex-J-League scorer eventually get on the score sheet. Reverse fixture last year, though, at PCYC, Winuna managed to get a three-all drawaway out of Olympics, so they'll take some confidence into this game, which is at PCYC this weekend. But Winuna have shown that they can match it with anyone. Do you reckon they're going to spring an upset, Jordan? I think it'll be difficult, but I definitely think they can. I think that you mentioned before, Jared, that both sides have dropped points this season. Olympic will be disappointed in the points that they've dropped. Of course, Olympic are overwhelming favourites in this one, and I personally think they will win, but it'll be interesting to see how both sides go about it. Obviously, games at PCYC suits Wollongong Olympics game plans sort of to, they're very experienced with their experienced lineup, and they can sort of, they're very pragmatic in the way they go about their football. But Winuna like to play like to play on the deck and they're, they're strong and physical, but they but they like to play good football as well. So I'm I'm intrigued by this one. What what are you uh what's your tip in this one, Josh? Both both around hovering around that top five mark, both of these teams and both have shown really good signs already this year. So I think Winuna will, will put up a really good fight. But I think, as you mentioned, Olympic play well at PCYC, so they should go into this game as favourites, uh, Jordan. Next game we've got now is Wollongong United up against Paul Kembla. United are looking comfortable at the moment, up top of the league. They look very settled in their team, probably the most settled team in the league, which is obviously why they're first on the ladder. But Port had an impressive win, then a disappointing loss, despite Winuna being a better side than people obviously give them credit for. Port would, would have liked to have think that they could have got a result out of that one on the weekend, Jordan. Yeah, I mentioned it earlier. I, I think Port will be uh, very disappointed. I, I think uh, I was listening to Dylan Arbella's IPL Informer the other day, or before the last round, I should say, and, and he had uh, Port Kembler defender Nathan Belsito on, and he was quietly confident they could get the victory in this one. But uh, obviously, Winuna were, were too good on the day. But uh, look, I think that from all sound, from all reports, uh, Rob Davies, obviously at the helm in an interim role this season, uh, he's installed a a positive club culture in the team and, and, and the players are enjoying turning up to training and and, and uh, playing on the weekend. And obviously it's been well documented. They are, they are a relatively young side. So a few losses here and there this season won't, won't uh, keep Davies up at night, so to speak. But uh, I think in this one specifically, obviously uh, Wollongong United have uh, had the victory against uh, against Winuna Sharks last night and obviously against South Coast United on the weekend. They'll be... Uh, Pretty pretty confident to win this one. Obviously, uh, they, they're a very settled team. They uh, seem to be playing the same eleven every week, which is massive a massive boost and can't be said for every other team in the uh, league this season. But uh, I think Wollongong United will, will get the points in this one. Uh, what's your tip in this one, Josh? Yeah, they're a little bit too inconsistent at the moment, Paul Kembler, and I'm sure that is being under a new coach and and that kind of thing. So. I mean, I spoke to, to Mitch DiPietro after the win last week and they were saying how much they're loving the, the new coach and, and playing under him. 
But it doesn't get any easier. It doesn't get um, easy this week. I, I can't see United dropping this one. Uh, the way they're playing, it's it's pretty impressive. So I'd say it's a Wollongong win. Final game of the round. Obviously, we touched on the South Pacey Iron Bleeming game earlier with Brad Watts. If you haven't listened to that, scroll back and listen to it. We've got Alien Park going up against Tarawana in the final game here. Alien Park had a few outs against Coromel. Most notably, Brendan Fordham, who... It seems to be the glue that keeps that side together defensively. He's just a big influence in the midfield. Maybe a little bit of an indication to the reason why they conceded three goals on the weekend. He does seem to glue the team together that way. But it was good for Cameron Morgan to net a few goals, obviously, or more than a few goals was a hat-trick, wasn't it? But Tara held their own against Bulleye last week, played quite well, boosted by their captain, Mitch Ferraro, returning to the field. Good signs with Tarawana that they're matching it with the top sides. It will give them all a confidence boost leaning into the future games with the youngsters they have. What's your tip for this one, Jordan? It's a tough one, this one. I I, I, um, I don't want to sit on the fence and pick a draw, but the, I think that's the result that I'm going to lean towards. But in saying that, I, I think that for both sides of, of obviously positives and negatives that so far this season, I should say, but uh, obviously with Tarawana getting that uh, result against Bulleye on the weekend would be a massive confidence boost. Obviously, uh, they were boosted with uh, Mitch Ferrara coming back. The, the young captain, obviously, it was a he was a bit touch and go as to whether he he would play in that one, but he but he uh, started in that match. But so that was a massive boost for them. And in terms of the Avon Park White Eagles, I feel like the main concern for them is is not not shipping goals, and, and it's easier said than done. But uh, and obviously with Brendan Fordham out, that's uh, a lot of experience you lose and and a lot of. Uh, leadership on the field uh in that center midfield role that he plays he's just he's always everywhere and he's he's plays passes off and he and he links the the defense and the attack together quite well so i uh if he plays then they've got a better chance to win but uh in answer to your question i'm, I'm going to sit on the fence and uh, pick a draw in this one josh what's your tip for this one sitting on the fence or have we got a result here I was going to say, no pressure going out to Cameron Morgan, but I feel like his performance may turn, <laughs> may decide the game either way, to be honest. Uh, he's the man in form after last weekend. But look, I, I think there's been a lot to like about the young Bluey side so far this year. I think they've played some good football and um, they continue to build. Uh, you mentioned Mitch Ferraro. He's just, he's, uh, yeah, he loves loves being the captain there and, and the young guys around him and how they're developing. So, and Albion Park, like they they've had some mixed results too this year. You said, yeah, you know, having Fordham, if he comes back, that's a huge in. Um, I think he's he's a, as you mentioned, the glue in that side. So I, I will go with a draw. Um, it's a safe option. We will touch on the quick Wednesday night fixtures, which are happening tonight. We're recording this podcast on Wednesday. We've got Bulleye up against Paul Kemmler, Coniston against Tarawana, and Olympia against Carmel. The round three washout fixture catch up, or was it round two? Pretty sure oh, it was round three. three. Round three. Pretty yeah. sure it was round three. Anyway, we will keep Josh on for the next little bit. We'll review our three representative sides from the last weekend as well. Obviously, the Wollongong Wolves got a 4 1 over North Shore Mariners. Brilliant recovery after their loss the weekend before against Mark Kane. But despite the overwhelming victory, Wilkshire stated that his side still needs to fix some more things as well. He's highlighted conceding an unnecessary goal over the weekend. That's been a little bit of concern for the Wolves, he said. There was a great article in the Mercury this week with uh, a certain Josh Bartlett and Cameron Mee discussing the Wolves' title heights for this season. Can you elaborate a little bit further on that debate, Josh? Yeah, look, we just had a bit of a chat about 
can can the Wolves go back to back? I guess we looked at the pros and cons as you do in a good debate. So, but I mean, they're pretty well. They've started the year pretty well. Uh, they've had a couple of wins. They've had all kinds of frustrations getting the NPL season going. That's another whole discussion in itself after the COVID uh, issues. So, look, yeah, the Wolves. I think they're on track to go back to back or if not get close. So I think Wilkshire is the kind of coach who's probably never truly happily happy with a performance. I mean, um, and that's not a bad thing. You know, he, he sets high standards and his players are up to that standard. So yeah, I'd, I think they'd be pretty happy with how they're traveling at the moment though. From your perspective, Jordan, how are the walls tracking, tracking along at the moment? Look, I think there can't be too many complaints. Obviously, uh, the, the skeptics will turn to the, the home loss uh, the week before last against uh, Marconi, where they Marconi, from all accounts, I didn't go to the game, but from all accounts, they they went to uh, Albert Butler and, and bullied the Wolves in in some sense and and forced a forced a defensive error. So perhaps that's a, a blueprint for for sides to uh, come up against the Wolves and, and to make them come unstuck, so to speak. But in, at the other end of the field, I don't, they haven't got a problem with goals. They've, they've scored four four against Arpia and four against again on the weekend, obviously. Paul Uark scored two this season. Lachlan Scott scored four and, and Takaru uh, Carter scored a couple as well. So that's a major positive for for, uh, for Luke Wilkshire. But I do agree in the sense that uh, with Josh, that uh, Luke Wilkshire seems to be the kind of coach that's never happy with anything, even if they uh, won the league totally, wouldn't be happy. So I think <laughs> I think that's a good thing for, for coaches to to be like that. So I, I uh, think that there's a lot, uh, there is uh, things to improve in that wolf side, but uh Obviously, they've had a few injuries as well, so that, that getting those players back, Nikola Georgievich has, be, has been out. Uh, so uh, once they get the team fully fit, uh, then we can then they can start, uh, you know, criticising defensive errors a lot more. But uh, it is something that needs to be fixed. I feel if they are to uh, go back to back. I think that was a pretty pretty bold statement about Wilkshire. He looked pretty happy when he was lifting the league title last year. But anyway, we'll see what happens <laughs> with the Wolves moving on here. Interesting to note, though, they haven't had any problems in front of goal. However, that was one of the highlights of concern with Thomas James left. Obviously, we all know the fiasco with Thomas James and Perth Glory at the moment. But Wolves haven't had any issues scoring in front of goals, which is quite interesting considering that was their biggest concern coming into the new season without James. Yeah, I... I... I get what you're trying to. I, I do see what you're trying to get at is that, that they're not struggling to score goals. But if Thomas James were to come back, and I believe he's in, I believe he's in Wollongong in, in, at the I'm moment. Pretty if, sure I saw a photo of him watching the Marconi game. I'm not sure. Don't take my word for it. But I'm pretty so, sure I saw him on the sideline. But I'd like. I'd, you would think that uh, with his goal scoring record last season, and of course his his history. Uh, in, at Canberra uh, before he went to the Wolves, scoring a number of goals, I, I think he would he would obviously start in that side. But in saying that, I agree with Luke Wilkshire in the sense that he's got to he's got to retain his spot. He, he can't just walk into the side, especially after the goals that they have scored. And I, I we've talked about him before, but Paul Uark, the the nineteen year old, obviously scoring a couple of stunners against Arpia. It's he's he's doing a, a marvelous job. But uh, whether or not he can keep Thomas James out of a side, he, he has to keep scoring the goals. Be interesting to see what happens with the Wolves. We'll move on to the South Coast Flame. Now they had a two-all draw against Parramatta Melita Eagles at Ian McLean Park over the weekend. The Flame have shipped their first goals against this season. They kept about four clean sheets, I believe, before in. It was good to see Matt Mazewski on the source sheet in his, I believe it was his 50th appearance on the weekend as well. So 
nice returns there for Mazevsky, along with uh, Justin Smith as well, getting on the score sheet. It's these sort of results, though, that may hinder the Flames' chance for silverware this season. Unnecessary draws, draws Jordan, uh, very frustrating. It is frustrating, but I, I think I, I'd err on the side of the – they are a young side, and I, I think that's always going to happen. And I and I, I like to think that at the Flame, the obviously the uh, getting the three points every week is, is, is the most important thing, but – what they're doing there, they're developing a lot of young players and, and hopefully they, they stay for, for years to come and build that club. It's still a, a obviously a relatively new club, so I, I, but but in the sense that they had a two-all draw with Parramatta uh, would be disappointing, especially at home. But uh, it's got to be expected with uh, the uh, very youthful side they have at their disposal. And Josh, you spoke to the two, Mats in White and Mazevsky, about a week ago. How are their feelings towards the flame at the moment? Obviously, it looks like they're enjoying their football there. Yeah, well, the first guys to hit uh, 50 games for the flame, so congratulations to the two Mats. Uh, that was a fun story. They're good guys, and I think, uh, well, credit to Matt White for not conceding a goal until the weekend. That's, that's full. He's a top goalkeeper. That's impressive. Mm. So, And Mazeski, look, he kind of echoed what you guys just said. Mazeski was saying how great it is that they give you for go. In that first in that first grade side and and back them in to perform. So as a consequence, you're going to have inconsistencies with a young side, but you know they're, they're heading in the right direction. That's for sure. And we'll move on to the women's MPL one now. The Yellow Stingrays getting up two 0 over Bankstown City, a fairly comfortable victory against the bottom of the table Bankstown City, who have been struggling severely. Stingrays are looking to get up back on track and hopefully push for finals football where they believe they should be. But in saying that, the sides they have beaten in the last two fixtures have been languishing around the bottom of the ladder. They still have to do a job against these games, though, and there will be a lot of negative talk if they didn't pick up six points from these games as well. So full credit to them. The youngsters are performing well, though, which compliments the experience they had in that team. But, Jordan, they're just going to have to continue on getting three points every week now if they're hoping to push for finals. Yeah, that's right, uh, Jared. I, I think uh, it's a, it's a good point that the the teams they have beaten in the last couple of weeks have been down the bottom. But in saying that, if if they if they didn't get these results, there'd be there'd be a lot a lot more talk about the negative aspects of their game. So I, I think full oh, well, I I give full credit to uh, Bruce Tilt's side. Uh, I think that the the side is is coming along quite nicely. Obviously, a couple of ex- experienced players that they have at their disposal and. With a nice mix of, of, of youthful players coming through, obviously they've got uh, a number of young uh, W League aspiring aspiring players and players that have uh, uh, young players that have played in the in the W League and made appearances. So I, I think that uh, they're doing quite well, to be honest. The Stingrays and, and uh, from all accounts, they play a very attacking brand of football. Uh, obviously, uh, Josh, you've watched the Stingrays this season. How have you, uh, how would you uh, consider they went on the weekend, obviously with a 2-0 victory over Banks, Bankstown City and how do you assess the rest of their, their season, so to speak? It's kind of hard to, to get a kind of grip on, on the Stingrays in performance-wise. I mean, it's hard to read out of that performance. I don't think Bankstown are certainly a contender this year. Um, but, you know, you've got to bank your wins and to keep in the finals hunt. Um, I watched them a couple of weeks ago. Uh, against the Institute, and to be honest, they played pretty ordinary football that day against a quality side. So, but again, look, they're an interesting team. The Stingrays, they've got some absolute quality in Michelle Carney, Caitlin Cooper, um, Olivia Price, you know, really good footballers mixed in with plenty of youth. So, whether it's this season, they'll they'll keep going towards finals, I think, as, as long as they can. Um, but, I mean, they're bloody youth, so that's a win in itself. So, 
but yeah, it's kind of hard to gauge where they're at, to be honest. Well, that's our little review of all of our local teams from the IPL up to the NPL. Josh, thanks so much for coming on. We appreciate you coming on, supporting local football. The coverage on the Mercury of everything local football at the moment since you come on has been fantastic. So we appreciate you coming on. Thanks, guys. Uh, lovely to be on. Thanks for that. And uh, good luck to Joel King tonight for the Sydney FC boys. Yeah, I second that. And Aaron Calver as well. Western United. So we'll see how the boys go on the big stage. Could have a... An Illawarra Grand Final, who knows? We'll find out this tonight. But thanks so much for coming on, Josh. We appreciate it. That's NPL Corner and Illawarra 360 for this week.